0: So welcome back to another edition of Trending, the show where we like to compete while exploring the best ways to wager for casual cappers. And we have done a different form of competition this week, Brett. We did all soccer on Tuesday, all hoops yesterday, but the king of American sports gets its due today as we dive into pigskin. Are you excited for today or are you still missing uh, the hoops in the soccer talk?
1: Uh, I I loved our conversation yesterday. Um, I, I, you and I have done a lot of episodes. We've had some really good back and forth of soccer stuff, but I, it was fun to kind of talk like more of the meta issues. But I mean, this is fun. I like the uh, the all. I mean, it won't be like a normal trendy thing, but I do like the all sports thing because it allows me to zero in on on one thing, and I think we get to different conversations that we normally wouldn't. Uh, but mostly, I just need to win. I mean, this is a, this is a rubber match? We're one and one, man. So I don't care if it's NFL. If we got to go find cricket games. I will take you on in trendy cricket. Like, let's go.
0: Let's do it. <laughs> Well, 0 in hasn't exactly like allowed either of us to uh to cover ourselves in glory because you are at 8.7 against yeah. 11 units wagered. I am at 6, but that's only against 7 units wagered. I have a lot of outstanding bets mm-hmm. right now, including clearing the first leg of the city uh parlay I have with Villa. I think you are in trouble. I think I secretly have the lead here even if the others say even if the numbers say otherwise. But we are now onto the NFL where and college football and the NFL you have been particularly hot Brett uh, I looked at the numbers after week seven you were sitting at 44 and 53 and two and your inaugural year taking part in the picks competition we do here at extra points but now fast forward you're all the way up to 113 and 102 meaning in the last nine weeks you are 69 and 49 picking every single game in the NFL <laughs> So the question I have here at the top of the show is what were you doing wrong at the beginning of the year and what are you doing right now that have allowed you to make this massive comeback?
1: Uh, I think the boring answer is probably nothing. I'm sure it's just random variance that's coming in You know in we're my being direction.
0: recorded, right? Boring isn't what we're going through. Yeah, it's I know, I know. know. So I'm
1: going to start there and, and do the false humility thing for a while, even though I'm a big narcissist. But um, no, I think the, the thing for me, I think some of it's probably just random variance. Um, I mean, that happens when you we pick the volume of games that you do. I'm sure your recent slide is probably nothing more than just a little bit of unlucky in some of these games. I mean, look at the, the Washington game with the Jets, like that should have never happened. That went my way this time. I'm sure I lost a few covers early in the season. I'm forgetting in a similar fashion. So that stuff always seems to play itself out. But I mean, the big thing was, I, I think the only thing that's changed, is I started using, as uh, so a shout out to Sumar Sports, I found Sumar Sports uh, database, I think it was about week six or seven. Um, and I I moved up and I started doing like my pre-DFS prep. Before I made my picks, <laughs> because I was doing all my DFS work after we made our picks. And so then I was finally like kind of getting some numbers in front of me beforehand instead of relying on the previous week. Um, but I, I've been I've also been a hawk for the Sumar Sword stuff. I think they do um, great stuff with EPA data. They have a bunch of other things, a lot of filters too that you can use. Um, you'll be hearing me probably mention them a little bit today. Um, But that's been kind of the big difference is I just kind of bumped my prep up. I wanted to make sure I had a little bit more information um, before I was making uh, the picks for our our sheet. And then um, the finding Sumar sports in their database has been great. So I think that's probably factored into it. I could just be getting randomly lucky. But all I know is that I'm like two games off you and Mark at the top. And I really, really I don't care. I don't even know if there's there's not a monetary prize for this. Right. This is my first year but there's no, uh, no prize. It's,
0: it's all pride, baby.
1: Yeah. And I just want to win. I don't even care if I win any more like actual bets in real life. I want to win this pool because I can just win it in my first year as the soccer guy and hang that over everybody's head in the network.
0: Well, if you somehow win this without winning any bets in real life, you're betting in real life wrong. So I encourage you to follow your own advice. Uh, And for those of you who don't know, Brett's background, he entered the gambling world. Um, He wasn't born into it like guys like Sal and I. He entered it through the DFS space, which is daily fantasy sports. So when he gives out player props, they are extraordinarily well-researched because it goes into these stacks he puts together to play in those uh, high-stakes tournaments. You mentioned my recent slide, and I've been doing a little bit of introspective i got to fill out our sheet right after we record this. And I think a lot of my problem does come down to what you said, um, which is just random variance on coin flip games, like games that are within a score of the spread and a late score sends it either way. Like, I think I was probably running hot at the beginning of the year and I'm running a little less hot now. But I also think that I tend to, and I think this is true of a lot of the betting public, Brett, uh, I tend to focus when I don't know just on quarterback matchup. And so um in picking every single game, because I don't bet every single game. I'm not gonna lie. Like I don't bet 15 NFL games in a weekend. I pick the four or five Come on, I feel Toby. really strong about. What
1: <laughs> kind of gambler are you? Where's your 15 a smart team one. A,
0: a smart one who's not re-upping every <laughs> single week like uh some of our compatriots might have to. I haven't re-upped in four years. So there you there go. go. Um but I, I'll pick the four or five that I really like and I'll bet those. But having to pick every game for this contest, it usually comes down to quarterback play for me and games like I don't know, it's one or the other. And with all the injuries and with all like the new starters and everything we've seen in the quarterback position, that's harder than ever to do. Cause like guys is like <laughs> yeah. get randomly name generated and, st- and uh, stand up behind center and I don't know how they're going to do it. Like I'm pretty sure they suck. Or they already would have been started and some of them prove me right and some of them prove me wrong. So having to like hang my hat on that and not doing what I should be doing, which is focusing more on the el- other elements of the game, you know, run defense, pass defense, uh special teams, as the Miz would like to point out, like specific matchup variants, homes, uh home away splits, like all that kind of stuff, and just going with the quarterback play. I've suddenly started to backslide as we get a lot more randomization at that specific position.
1: Well, I mean, first off, I'm very disappointed that you have not been flying out to L.A. during training camp to watch Easton Stick get his reps in in uh, <laughs> training camp. So, like, your commitment, I have some questions now, Toby. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sure. No, but I mean that that does make a lot of sense, and um, it's it's been so hard to do that with so many new faces and so many guys getting like first career starts or haven't started for a while. Like, it's it's just been a weird. It's been a really weird gambling year for the NFL, which is. Part of, I mean, part of probably why I benefited too is like you know people that have been following the league are kind of in the same boat as people that maybe have just started betting on it um it's because this year has just been random there's like even guys like Dam who's watched this league and can tell you about plays and games from 1991 um are still in the same boat when like you got Mason Rudolph and Jake Browning like facing up in a pivotal playoff matchup right yeah. so it's like it, it's just been bizarre in that sense like at, at, you know in the I think with the fourth down stuff too, we're starting to see more extremes and game scores because those things, um, another plug here for another great resource I have is um, Kevin Cole's Unexpected Points newsletter. Uh, He does a lot of stuff with adding EPA value to like decision-making and turnovers in terms of down distance and, and game state. Um, and fourth down conversions are huge swings and like win probability and expected points added. And like, so when you get these teams that are like aggressively going for it and they go over three, it makes games like look crazier than they actually might've been. If we saw them, you know, 10 years ago when everybody was yeah. more traditionally putting on fourth and two and all that kind of stuff. So I think there's a lot of elements that have like produced this like really random chaotic season that we're seeing.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that that random chaotic season isn't just across the entire league. It's basically all 32 teams. And I think that's another challenge that you, ha- you have to accept as a gambler. Like, if you get locked into the way you think about a team in week 8 or 9 or 10 after you see the first half of the season, and you haven't reevaluated them at this point, almost no team is who they were six weeks ago. (laughs) There are are certain years in the NFL where we have juggernauts, right? We have like teams that just run through the league and who they are in week one resembles who they are in week 17. We have doormats that are the same way, but it seems like a lot more than in typical seasons. Every single team is going through individual micro swings that if you lock into one way you think about them without reevaluating that, you're going to get yourself burned.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, that is a, Fantastic point. I mean, and the other thing too is like, you know, a lot of sites that you use for fantasy or, you know, use for DFS or just for, you know, straight betting, like, you know, the data is season long mostly. So it's like when, and we joked about Easton Stick here, but like the EPA data that you'd use for the chargers now is like irrelevant. Because it was all with Justin Herbert, you know, so how much they're running the ball, like pass rate over expectation, that's out the window because that might change with how Easton Sticks doing it, like the type of routes, the receivers he's targeting, like all those things are out the window. So like it's just been it's I think it's in some ways it's been like a fascinating year to like, you know, because you can you have to project off like one or two games and you don't like when you get to week 17 in most seasons, when there's not a whole rash of injuries at the quarterback position, you can pretty much rely, like you get a feel for how these teams are going to be like, even going into week 17, how many teams do you feel like you really know? Well, Toby, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like maybe eight. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm certain the commanders suck. Like uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and go that. Come back, hero.
1: Backdoor cover, hero. Kirk Cousins, move out of the way. Jacoby's coming. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but, it is, but it is true, like what you just said. This is why I end up focusing on like four or five, six games in a given week where I'll put my money down in real yeah. life. It's because it is those subset of eight teams that I feel strong about. And sometimes they clash against each other and sometimes they don't, and you still want to roll the dice because you feel so strong about one side. But if you really have a really strong read on both sides of a single game, like I'd rather bet five units on that than you know five units on five games where three of them are somewhat coin flips in my brain.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, again, hit it right on the head. This is why you know, this is why Toby's leading the board right now, man. Even with the slide, he's still number one.
0: Still number one. Uh, hopefully, number one in your hearts and your ears as well. We'll find out after this though if I can be number one in this week's trendy contest as we pay it off with our football picks right after we give Caesar some love.
3: Again, try Jet's signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
4: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI
0: All right, Brett. Here we go. Football only. We've got a lot of college football action, a lot of NFL action. So a huge menu to choose from in this particular episode. You technically have the lead, so I'm going to let you go first.
1: All right, man. Talking about teams that we know. Perfect segue here into uh, <laughs> into what's been been going on. But uh, I I know I feel like of the teams that I know. The Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys are those teams. Um, so I, I'm going to take the over. It's a high over. And I'm not super jacked at this line, but I'm going to take the over of 53 and a half points in that Dallas-Detroit game. And part of that, the reason it's a hard pick, is like when Dallas was returning every single opposing quarterback pass for a touchdown, all we heard about was how great their defense was. Uh, We are definitely not hearing how great their defense is now that they're not having to pick six every game. And Mm -hmm. so part of me just looks at this game. The Lions have been fantastic on offense. They got the two-headed rushing attack with Montgomery and Gibbs. Goff has been having probably his best season of his NFL career. I'm in wrestling. Brown as a force, Laporta is the next Travis Kelsey. So like we have a lot of really good things going for Detroit. So it's just like looking at this, these star started lineups, looking at how well Dax played and looking at how this Dallas defense, I think is tailed off in ways that probably we're not factoring into the lines, even the bookmakers. I feel pretty confident that this, this game is going to be a shootout where both teams might be in the 30s.
0: Yeah, I was looking at that game. What I was most shocked at, Brett, were, like, the Michael Parsons trends. I mean, this guy, first half of the year, was talked about, like, an MVP race. Like, mm-hmm. they're the dominant unit, and he's the leader of it, and is he the one of the best value draft picks of the last decade? And now I'm looking at, like, his, like, tackle totals, and the under looks like the big bet. And so, like, I don't know if he's just getting schemed out and uh he's not able to have as much impact i don't know if his impact just isn't showing up in a box score like they're still scheming him out and it's freeing up other guys to do what they do because he's drawing so much attention but like michael parsons unders actually look like really good value which you could have knocked me over with a feather if you had told me that you know two months ago
1: yeah well i mean i i think the other part of it too is like we we, you know we not to rehash the topics we're going over before the break but like with all these teams, like the the lopsided matchups of quarterbacks, like if you look at who Dallas played, you know, coming into this, it was Daniel Jones, who was in the midst of a terrible season with the Giants before he got hurt. They had a a game against Zach Wilson. They had a game against the Patriots and Mac Jones. Uh, They played the Cardinals with Josh Dobbs, who was benched by the Vikings for Nick Mullins. Um, You know, they've caught all these teams. Uh, You know, they've had a game against Bryce Young. They've had a game against your commanders. So they kind of caught all these teams really early that just had like dog crap offenses and I think that's a way for Micah Parsons and company to rack up tackles and sacks and pressures and all those kind of things, um, you know, but now they're, this is a legit, like they've been playing some legit offenses. And, and now we're kind of seeing some holes, you know, especially yeah. since they're not returning every throw for a touchdown. So
0: it's a good point. Uh, so for my heart pick, this is a real heart pick because I, I don't have stats to back it up, but I feel like Texas is going to win this game. I spent 10 years in Austin Uh, I went to more Texas sports events than I can account as a sports-loving father without a pro team to go to. My daughter saw a lot of volleyball and soccer and baseball and tennis and football and a lot of UT events. Uh, And I think they're walking away from this game with Washington with a win. I think NIL benefits this particular school more than just about any school in the entire nation. And I think their move to the SEC is going to mean that they're going to be competing for these types of titles forever. Particularly, Brent, as I was thinking about it, Um, as we move into a 12-team playoff, like how many SEC teams are going to make a 12-team playoff? So are we going to see like three and four loss teams still make this? And is there anybody more dangerous than like a three-loss SEC team that has top five talent but just, you know, fell on the wrong side of a couple of results? So I think we're going to end up seeing like SEC teams come into the 12 and that will end up winning it just because they are as talented as the one seed and just happen to lose one or two like really close matchups against other powerhouses.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, not to spoil it, but I'm betting against an SEC team um, yeah. <laughs> later on in this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm for the playoff in general. But I think you're right. Like it's going to be such a lopsided thing. I mean, obviously we don't want to go into the whole Florida State situation again. Um, I'm about but. To. Oh, you're about to. Oh boy. Okay. Well, I'm, then I'm setting you up for this. This is great. I'm being a good cause. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the thing that I'm, I'm looking forward to is I kind of like that. I like, cause like I, one of the teams I'm betting today, I'm I'll just get ahead of a little bit ahead of it, but like is Penn state, you know, their losses, they were punished for losses against Ohio state and Michigan. And then they're not going to be in any type of playoff when they could easily, that could be a team that when the variance swings, the other way could easily put themselves probably in a conversation for a national championship. Like, and the SEC has a bunch of those teams right and so i'm i'm looking for that i want to see that i i think that is the like in the egalitarian sense of the word like that is
0: what i want to see i also wonder in the narrative sense uh this is again like we're 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 hardcore at heart tech category here because again no numbers to back this up just a feeling i get are we going to see arch manning um, make his like star stamp moment in this playoff because he's now the the backup quarterback. Quinn as he gets injured or whatever it might be. We have a two a situation where Arch Manning comes in, leads a, a critical drive, gets them a touchdown, gets them in the championship game, or God forbid, has to um, play in the championship game if Quinn's hurt. And then that's another reason I like this because I just I see that narrative popping up like the guy's the most high profile high school quarterback and forever. Uh, Obviously our very network partners here at Omaha uh, bear his, his very famous siblings names. um, And I just can absolutely see him coming into this game and like, as another star, another Manning star is born uh, and they find their way into the final. And But I'm pairing that with, because the money line is what, minus 190 at Caesars, so I don't want to just bet the money line. I needed to find something to pair it with. And I am going to take an adjusted over on the Georgia-Florida State game. You can adjust that down to 39.5 with, off a 44.5 point line and then you put that with the Texas money line and you get to 122. And th- my reasoning here is very simple, right? Like I don't know how Florida State's going to approach this game. If Florida State approaches this game with like, oh, we want to show the world we're really going to go after it, I think they're good for, you know, 17 points, 20 points. Like, I think they could absolutely put that up against this Georgia team that didn't make it to the playoffs. And if they do, then like – I, I, Georgia's gonna be in the 20s, so I think that the game sails into the 40s. And if they go the other way, they're just like completely def, uh, deflated and, and give up. Georgia could cover this by themselves. Like, Georgia doesn't play games in the 30s, like, every Georgia game is in the 40s and 50s because of the talent they have on the offensive side of the ball. And if they have a bunch of guys opt out and they decide not to play, well, this is where NIL kicks in in my reptilian brain, Brett. Because these, everybody who steps on the field for Georgia, if guys like don't want to play, don't want to risk injury, well, they're all showcasing themselves through the transfer portal or for more playing time next year directly for NIL money this spring and summer. So you get a bunch of former five-star guys stepping into a game. They're probably just as talented as the starters, entirely motiva- motivated to make a name for themselves. And I think they're going to sail into the 40s. So I love that side of this bet. Then I see Texas to come through and I'm getting a plus number for the pair.
1: Yeah, I mean, I should just back this, you know, to to back Omaha. Is, uh, you know, <laughs> you're getting smart. You're getting smart. I know how you play this game. Uh, but there, you have better bets up. But you have me tempted. You had me—you had me almost swayed, and I probably should back it, given that you know the Mannings in Omaha. But I'm not there, yeah. Toby. So well, I mean, we're riding was- solo on this one, buddy.
0: That's fine. I'm happy to be solo. Uh, I'm happy to uh, not give you any of the winnings when I go ahead and cash this bet. But I also love that, like, I just got validation on this, like, crazy little theory of mine yesterday when the USC quarterback, I don't, I don't know his name. I have a feeling I'll know his name this fall, but he goes out and absolutely shreds in his bowl game because uh, Caleb Williams sat out. So I think we're going to see a lot more of this in bowl games. Like, I've had a hard time pinning down motivation for teams, but I think for the blue chip teams that have, that are two, three deep in every position, I like playing these overs i like playing things like that because i think the backups really can step in and uh and dominate so where are you going to go on the head category brett
1: well in the head category i'm going i mean um this is this feels like you're i'm swimming upstream on this one but i am taking the patrick mahomes over of 263.5 pass yards and minus 115 uh yeah i mean the chiefs might be broken toby uh that is clear Mm -hmm. this 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 could be something i look back on and be like why, why am I doing this? Uh, but the, the big backing that I have for this one is, you know, Pacheco is going to be out with the concussion probably. Um, and their pass rate over expectation is one of the highest in the NFL. And I looked on Sumar sports and even when they're up big, so up over 14. So even if Jake Browning turns into a pumpkin again, starts throwing intersections and this game turns into a blowout. Their pass rate over expectation is still in the positive when they're up 14 or more. So this team is going to throw the ball. They are not going to try to ice the game with Clyde Edwards later. And this Bengal defense, as we have seen and has been talked about, is definitely not the same unit. And they have been quite bad and ripped apart by some pretty bad quarterbacks. Um, So I I almost had this as my cred pick. Uh, My college football research led something uh, somewhere else. I feel like it's a, it's a weird bet to make given what we just saw against the Raiders and how ugly that game was for Mahomes and company. But like I couldn't get off this, this number. I just did 263.5 seems really low given all the circumstances.
0: Yeah. And you talked earlier about like who do you believe in? What are the eight teams? Like, I, wh- whatever their loss is, I believe in Mahomes. Like, I've now seen the track record over enough years to see the talent and what he can produce. Obviously, the weapons aren't in the same place they can be in. Obviously, he's in a bit of a downstretch uh, statistically and from a win loss percentage, but the guy is still the most talented quarterback in the league. And the gap, I think, is growing, not shrinking. Uh, so, I, I, this is one I'll come back to. I want to hear your research on the college game before I make decision, but I do like this one quite a bit. Uh, I have bet every Thursday night football game so far this year on this show. And so I feel honor bound to continue to do so. I needed some way to get into Thursday night because I do not quit things. I can even tell you how, how, how I met your mother ended even though the last seven seasons were pretty freaking terrible. I just never can give up things once I commit to them. So for Thursday night football, I am going to go with Joe Flacco with one of my favorite bets one touchdown and one interception. You put them together at Caesars, you get minus 114. Uh, since he's took over behind center for the Browns. He's done this every single game. He has 10 touchdowns and 7 interceptions in those 4 games. As the roller coaster ride continues, he has gone from a game manager to a gunslinger, and he is not suited for that role. He should not be throwing 40-plus times, but here we are. That is what they are doing. And the Jets have 14 picks on the year and have dropped interesting, Brett. They've dropped another 19, according to the data, data set I've seen, which is among the league leaders. So they're leading uh, close to the top in both categories love them to pick off joe tonight and strangely even though the odds are longer i'm a little more nervous about joe getting another touchdown but i'm going to go ahead and throw that into the bet to get down to that minus 114
1: uh yeah i'm telling this Um, so (laughs) Cleveland, Cleveland's, uh, run pass ratio or pass run ratio in the last three games of Flacco has been almost 65% pass. Um, so they are going to throw, it is going to be a high volume throwing game. Uh, Flacco's counting stats have been a lot better probably than his, some of his underlying numbers from what I've seen. Uh, again, shout out to Kevin Cole's newsletter. Um, so I love this because if if the Cleveland, if the Browns are going to score, Flacco has definitely been slinging the ball around, throwing it, and he is going to get picked off because this is still a very good Jets defense. So based on the volume of passing, I love this bet. I am definitely telling it.
0: It is absolutely wild that they have the highest guaranteed contract in NFL history at the quarterback position on their roster. And when they turned it over to Joe Flacco, that's when they started throwing the ball more.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. Oh, this NFL season, you are so strange. I don't, yeah. even, I don't even have a response other than just embrace the weirdness.
0: Embrace it. Well, I should have embraced the Thunder last night. I was going back and forth between the Magic and the Thunder of who to pair with the Raptors, which I thought was a guarantee. It turned out I was right. I uh, ended up picking the wrong side of that. that. Magic lost to the Sixers, so I lost my heater bet. How are you doing on yours this week, Brett? How are you going to add to it in the NFL? Uh,
1: I am going to add to it with the highest scoring first half being uh, well, sky. Sorry, highest scoring half being the first half of the Chicago Atlanta game at plus one hundred because you talk about pass rate over expectation. Uh, welcome to the bottom of the league in pass rate over expectation. Uh, the Cardinals. I, I looked at it either way. If this game is close, it means that it's probably a slugfest. I cannot see the world, in with these two teams are lighting up a score the scoreboard. Um, but if one team enters the second half with the other, they are going to ramp up the running plays. That clock is going to run. Both of these offenses are pretty inept. Uh, uh, you know, even with Atlanta going back to Tyler Heineke, like these are two teams that in the Bears defense, by the way, I, I feel this needs to be mentioned somehow, has gotten a lot better since that trade with your commanders. Um, so I think the points are going to be at a real premium overall in this game. But if one team enters the second half with a lead, it is going to be run play, run play, run play, run play, run play versus an F passing attack. So I feel very good that a second half under is going to be the lowest scoring half.
0: Yeah. Uh well, we said earlier, who are the teams you know well? And I have lost every single time I've tried to handicap this Falcons team on this show. So I am staying away from this. I wish you a lot of luck. Uh, I am going with the Rams and the Jags on the money line. You put this together, it is minus 111, and this is about just fading the teams on the other side of the ball against teams that still have something very high to play for. So I'm getting... the Rams against the Giants. Like people keep talking about the Rams as a sneaky second half team that can make a run like the Giants used to, and who can actually be a contender to try to take down the 49ers. I don't know if I'm all the way there, but I know I'm all the way out on the Giants, no matter who they line up at quarterback. And so getting them just to win this game uh on the Rams side it feels like great value. Had to find somebody to pair them with, set it on the Jags because I'm just I'm out on Bryce Young. I'm just out. And at least in his rookie year, until he shows me something more, until he grows four inches or gets lifts in his shoes, until he does something to make <laughs> me believe that he's gonna be a real difference maker at the quarterback position at the NFL level. I'm getting to continue to uh be able to fade him. And like, yeah, he's getting some wins, but he's not getting wins by putting up like 30, 40 points. He's getting wins because the other team suddenly fails to score against them. And the Jags, while they still have the Trevor Lawrence contract extension decision coming, I don't know what they're going to do there. And they are way up and down on the season. I just like them in this spot against a Panthers team that even though they don't have their pick, they don't have the talent to win a game when the other side really needs it to fortify their playoff position.
1: I mean, I like it, man, Uh, but uh, you just have a, you have a way better bet. Like, that's the only thing. You, the Flacco bet is just too good. I would encourage, and I've, like, I like, I mean, I I get to cheat a little bit too, because I do produce the shows when I'm not on it. And I have seen that Thursday Night Football or Monday Night Football touchdown interception bet hit a ton. And this is like yeah. a perfect game for it. So I, I like your bets. Uh, they're, they're good bets, but that Flacco one is just going to reign supreme.
0: All right. Well, let's get into the final one of this. I should, probably should have made the Flacco thing my credibility, according to you, but I got something else in store for you. What do you have in store for us?
1: Uh, so I'm actually going to the college football ranks um I am gonna take Penn State minus four and a half for old Miss um and the reasoning is here we talked about the SEC and the power that that conference has um but this old Miss team I think is kind of like an exception to like just having the SEC attached to them and then making them like an automatically a good team uh, Bill Connolly's SPI rankings he' the college football writer um has You know, Penn State at fifth and Ole Miss at uh, 14th, which I think kind of comes out in the spread here. But I just think that number might be a little bit off because if you look at Ole Miss, they got their two losses so far this year have been Alabama 24 to 10, and then they got absolutely hammered by Georgia 52 to 17. And I have caught a couple of Jackson dark games and I've just never been super impressed with him. And I think Penn state's defense is going to absolutely swallow him up. um, Despite the fact that he's got pretty good counting stats and his team's been pretty good because the other thing with Penn state is that you talked about being penalized for good losses. Like, they lose to Ohio State 20 to 12 and Michigan 24 to 15. And these are two of the teams that we look at as the best in the country. So, like this, this to me should have been like a seven point line, even a seven and a half point line. And you're getting Penn State at four and a half. And I could also see this game possibly just being a blowout. Like I could see Penn State winning this game like 30 to 10. So, I'm putting college football somehow as my credibility peck at Penn State minus four and a half.
0: You did not talk me into it. Give me Mahomes. I'll tell your Mahomes pick. Uh, I did not hear anything there that besides like some some good team analysis that makes me get into this individual game. Just because you only sent me this pick like five minutes before we recorded it, I don't even know who's playing for both of these teams. That's why these bowl games are so hard to handicap. You actually have to do so much more research than the previous 12 games to figure out who the heck is even going to suit up. I didn't do that research, so I am opting out and I'm taking your Mahomes bet instead. A guy I know is suiting up uh in the NFL is Christian McCaffrey. His total yards over is 121.5 and minus 115. And give me the over, of course, because I am not betting against Christian McCaffrey when he's playing against the more bound, uh Commanders team. He's hit this total in five straight games, and more importantly, this Commanders team is absolutely terrible. They're 27th in the league in defending RBs and passing yards. They're also bottom 10 in rushing Ds, so that's a great combination, giving up 122.7 per game. Running backs dominate them, and now they have to go against the very best one. And Before I move on, I just wanted to uh, Take one second. Dave Damashek, you brought brought him up earlier. I keep hearing him on different programs on this network talking about how this is the worst time in Pittsburgh sports in 40 years. And, like, the the Steelers are, like, going to go 500 yet again somehow. Um, the the pirates he was talking about is like a sneaky MLB playoff contender for next year. I have Indiana and Pitt like his teams. They're fine. They're just not great. If this is the worst time ever for those for that particular city, I'd like to reintroduce you to Washington D.C., where the C- Commanders are one of the five worst teams in football by any metric. <laughs> the Wizards are one of the five worst teams in basketball by any metric. The Nationals are one of the five worst teams in baseball by any metric. UVA football, my alma mater, is horrible and has lost to our rivals like 19 (laughs) in the last 20 years. You know what I call this, Dave? You know what I call this? I call this normal. This is what we are used to here in the nation's capital. So to listen to you bellyache about Pittsburgh having the worst in 40 years where they are having the average year for a sports city just makes my stomach churn because this is what it's like to be a D.C. sports fan. I
1: just don't have anything to say. I just... um hug a dc sports fan just if you're out there it's the season of giving the season of love hug a dc sports fan they clearly need a hug
0: thank god (laughs) for the 2019 nationals that's all there is to it (laughs) uh all right that's uh that was a good set of bets brett we'll see how we do we'll see how this week turns out but before we say goodbye for the week we give our sponsors a little bit of love come back with the second guest express and then we will get out of here All right, we are back and we are getting aboard the Second Guest Express. Uh, Brett, I'm going to go ahead and lead off, and I'm just going with more narrative here. I am going with the Michigan money line over Alabama at minus 125 because I don't think anybody at the NCAA, I don't think anybody wants this Michigan team to have another 10 days talked about when sanctions, sanctions, sanctions is the underlying story that lies beneath this. So, of course, I believe that is what's going to happen. I think we are going to get a lot of hardball talk. I think we're going to get a lot of Izzy is he leaving or not? Is this championship even going to stand if they win it? I think we're going to set for 10 more days of that. And so I'm going backwards from that narrative. Give me Michigan on the money line at minus one and 25. Although I could not put it in my bets because nobody has really made a ton of money in the last 20 years fading Alabama.
1: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not sticking anymore in the college game, Toby. I'm shifting back to the NFL where I... No more things. Uh, not that it necessarily makes me a better better, but uh I the the bet that I almost put in as my heart bet was the Lions plus five and a half. Uh I think it was at six and it's dropped five and a half now. Um against the Cowboys. Like I know the Lions defense is tailed off uh towards the end of the season here, which is worrisome going against Dak Prescott with the way that Dallas was was passing the ball. Um, but I just don't think this Dallas defense is, I mean, it's plummeted in every metric that you've seen. And this Detroit offense is good. Like, and they have a chance. They have an outside chance because San Francisco lost to Baltimore. They still have an outside chance at, at getting the number one seed. There's something to play for in this game. And almost a full touchdown. It just seems like way too many points for this game. Um, something something might be off. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe Dak is going to shred their, their passing events. That was a definitely a concern for me. And then the Lions wouldn't be able to kind of lead on the running attack, which feeds their passing attack. So, but this game just seems like it's going to be back and forth, last position, wins the type of thing, which for five and a half, six points just seemed way too much. I don't know. It just a, I, I don't know. Something in this in my head says maybe this is a rat line, and that's why I couldn't get to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, the Lions, some people are talking about as actual contenders in the NFC, but if they're actual contenders in the NFC, they should—they can't be six-point dogs to yeah. the third or fourth best team in the NFC, right? Like, what are we talking about here? They, they can't both be contenders and be this much worse than not the Niners, but like a team that's not a juggernaut that has had a bunch of up and down performances. So Vegas is basically telling us the Lions aren't contenders Uh, And I tend to believe in Vegas, but if they are, this is way too many points.
1: Yeah. Um, 100%.
0: It's, I, I, you know, similarly, I almost went with the Patriots over the Bills, like 13 and a half against the Bills is a lot of points for a Bills team that lost to the Patriots earlier this season has also lost to the Jets and is riding a hot streak right now, but I'm not sure that like their, their actual performance is probably somewhere in between that loss to the Jets and the loss to the Patriots and, you know, blowing out the Cowboys and 13 and a half, it's just too many if their performance is going to be in the middle of that. Yeah, 10 points is fine. Hell, 12 points maybe. But uh, but covering by two touchdowns seems like a lot. So call that my third guess express. So, Brett, <laughs> thank you so much for joining. Um, always a pleasure to have you actually on the mic and not just behind the scenes. So we had another great week here on the network, Brett. Uh, Covered in Glory had the crossover episode, of course, so you heard of that one once or maybe you heard it twice if you really love us. Uh, We also had our usual Lemon Pepper Parlay and Waiver Wired as they help you try to compete for your final championship. Minus three, excellent as always, as well as... As well as Extra Points, which was a bit of a family show with Martin Weiss and Eddie Spaghetti, our uh, 15-minute pregame show, which we remain enormously proud of and which is a a big success, will drop tomorrow at its usual time. Uh, We'll be back next week. I don't know who our guests will be quite yet because we have another holiday week to try to contend with. But after that, we'll be back with more of a normal schedule. Anything you want to tell the folks, Brett, before you take off?
1: Uh, no, I just hope everybody's had a good holiday season. And Toby, I appreciate you, man. And, uh, but I also want to beat you. So <laughs> I appreciate you, and I want you to lose.
0: Yes, well, I think most people... <laughs> but hug, a DC, Sports man, hug <laughs> a DC Sportsman,
1: everybody. Hug a DC Sportsman.
0: All right. Well, give everybody a hug that you love as the ball drops on New Year's Eve, and we will be back in the new year to give you more of our nonsense. Take care, everyone.